Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR. You're listening in on 8.55am, 3CR Digital and 3cr.org.au. My name is Lauren and from the Brainwaves team today I'm joined by Alana and today we're going to be talking to Jason from the Equality Project and we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about the recent marriage equality um, postal survey. So Jason has been a leading voice in the LGBTIQ community for over a decade. He established the Equality Project almost two years ago with a view to running its first conference, the Better Together Conference, held in January next year. As one of the founding members of the Australian marriage equality movement, Jason and his husband Adrian first challenged Australian marriage laws in 2004 after celebrating their own marriage in Canada. Since then, he has maintained a high public profile, appearing on television and featuring in various gay and mainstream print media, where he has advocated strongly for the rights of LGBTIQ community. In 2013, Jason was one of the founding members of the Australian Equality Party and was a Senate candidate in the 2016 federal election. So thank you so much, Jason, for joining us today on the show. Pleasure to be here. Uh, Firstly, could you just tell us a little bit about the Equality Project and the work you do? So basically the project is trying to bring everyone together. So in the LGBTIQ plus spaces, um, Yes, we're one big giant community, but actually we're a bunch of whole separate communities. We're almost the United Nations of people. We're not really one community as such, right? Young, old, lesbian, gay, transgender, bisexual, intersex, country, city. Um, some of us are Indigenous. Some of us are people, people of colour. Um, it's very diverse. And what used to happen in the 70s and 80s, there used to be a homosexual conference, which was LGB, so lesbian, gay, bisexual people attended Melbourne University hosted the first one and then HIV happened and some things happened and, and some of the organisations that we have today come out of that period and everyone went their own way and we never got together again anymore. So we get together in some other ways but it's time for us to get back together as a group of um, people collectively and intersectionally and so next January we're going to already have over 200 registrations. We're going to have the first national you know, LGBTIQ conference that covers um, broad intersectionality and covers young people, old people, um, people of colour, um, people who are deaf, um, people with disability and allies of LGBTI people to bring them together to see how we can get where we need to go faster. And so the project's been working for a year and a half now um, to put this conference on at Melbourne Town Hall to have the conversations around what do we, who are we, where are we going and what's next. And with the, with the postal vote happening, which wasn't on the radar when we started this uh, process, um, it's very timely to talk about what's next after marriage equality because marriage equality will happen at some point, maybe even next week. But uh, there are a whole stack of other things that need to happen to improve the mental health and well-being of the 3 to 10% of the Australian population who are LGBTIQ. 
Mm. And how has your organisation responded to the marriage equality postal vote? Well, so we, we campaigned against the original plebiscite. Mm-hmm. Um, I would rather wait. I've been waiting almost 18 years. I'd rather wait another few years than have uh, a damning, terrible, uh, non-compulsory, non-binding waste of money and mental health decreasing um, postal vote. So the, the plebiscite po- campaigned against that. Then this was thrown on us. Um, so we've uh, embraced it in the sense that we have no choice but to campaign. Mm. And we have done the campaigning that we've needed to do over the past, was it, three months? It feels like it's gone forever. Um, and we have also tried to um, you know, connect people and care for people who are struggling with this process. Because what's been was really shocking in the first couple of weeks in particular was, you know, I know lots of um, well-adjusted, healthy LGBTIQ people who struggled really heavily with this postal survey. And I was feeling it myself. And it was um, that was a new feeling to feel like, you know, why why are we the centre of attention here? Why are we all having everyone vote on who on our validity as human beings? Um, and we've just had to, you know, be positive, not go low, um, and really do our very best to try and win this thing, even though, even if we do win it, it may still come to nothing. Mm. Mm. Um, what is the prevailing sentiment in the LGBTIQ community uh, regarding the plebiscite? Uh, the vast, the, everybody pretty much didn't want it. So, uh, and the sentiment is that once it was thrown on us, the, the moral thing to do probably was to boycott it and not participate in it. But that really was not the option. We had to win it. We have to win it. Um, we have to prove next week that, um, and what was there, 78.5% postal return response which is 12 and a half million people responded um out of the 16 million we have to make you know we have to make sure we win it and prove that there's not a silent majority of no voters out there because that's uh, the opposition think that there is and this vote has been designed to maximize the no vote and it's very important that we that we want it that we win it and i'm hopeful that we've won it who knows? We'll know next Wednesday. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do you think that the 12 million odd votes is a good turnout or potentially it could be the wrong turnout that we need? Yeah, so this is my, my understanding is that of the 20% who didn't return their votes, most of those people were younger people. Mm. And a very high percent of older people um, returned their votes, in fact, over 90%. So um, if we do lose, it will only be by a little bit and it'll be because those young people didn't bother to send it in. Um did that answer your question? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> um, I know you touched on this uh, briefly just before, um, but what, ev- what effect would a successful no vote have on the mental health of the LGBTIQ uh, community? Personally and collectively, that will be devastating. Uh, if, if it returns a no vote next week, uh, that means that more, you know, 12, six and a half million people actually sent back a letter to say that LGBTIQ people are not equal citizens and are not worthy of being treated equally, and that's what they will have done. And if that happens, um, most of us won't want to live here anymore because that means half the people that we look at, probably not in Victoria because Victoria is going to probably have the highest yes vote mm. of the whole country, if not maybe Tasmania, um, that will be very depressing. It will. I can't think about it. In fact, most of the people I've spoken to, uh, they can't even actually contemplate a, a no vote next week because it will not be good for all of our mental health. 
um, and it will not be good going forward. Um, one, this current government will can everything, uh, but two, we'll have to vote them out to get the marriage laws changed and to keep um, progressing forward in regards to full equality for LGBTIQ people. Mm. So do you think there's a significant chance then that the no vote may win? I don't think there's a significant chance, yeah. but there's a chance. There's a little inkling somewhere. There's a Brexit, t- Donald Trump type chance. Yeah. You know, maybe it is true. Maybe there are people who, in all the polling, said yes, but privately they said no. Mm. And I know, and we are talking about it off air before as well, I know family members, not my own personal family members, but dear friends and activists and community members, family members who have voted no when they've got daughters and sons and children who are LGBTI. Mm. And that's been heartbreaking. And I know on Facebook and social media there's been a lot of unfriending happening because you cannot. um, And we're talking about how it's it's selfish, but it's it's more than that. You can't actually say that I think you're an equal human being Mm. and actually go out of the way to post a letter to say, well, you're not. Because yeah. the one thing about this postal survey, it required you to get off your bum and walk down the street to the red box, sometimes half a kilometre, just to post it. Yeah. And that's painful to do. Um, and if people can be bothered to do that, I respect someone who who's, who thinks no but didn't bother re- returning it. And that's what I'm hoping that 20% who didn't return, that maybe the majority of them did actually think no but they couldn't be bothered doing that because they didn't want to hurt anybody. Mm. Try and be hopeful. Yeah, yeah. Um, how does the prevalence of mental illness in um, the LGBTI community compare to that of Australia as a whole? Look, um, we're six to seven times more likely to kill ourselves. Uh, as a closeted gay man myself till I was 28, um, it was really difficult to hide, really stressful to an energy sapping to continually hide. Um if you're a, a trans or gender diverse person, you are more likely to suffer mental health illnesses because of the, the pressure of, of just trying to be yourself. Um, so, and kids in same-sex parented families only have a negative outcome when they suffer discrimination, which is yeah. really interesting. Otherwise they do really, really well. So I think it's changing and it's getting better, but we certainly as a bunch of communities have um, internalised homophobia we have had to deal with things over a long period of time that we've just got used to which is probably not healthy functioning we can um, and I'm not you know, being puritanical or anything but we can you know, um, indulge in drugs and alcohol to a, um, a higher level than perhaps a, a non-LGBTI person might um, but, yeah, but then again we're very strong and resilient people some of the very best people I know are LGBTIQ people mm. And interestingly, during this postal survey, some of them have suffered and struggled, mm. and they're strong, resilient persons. So yeah. even you know, and then I was speaking to an Aboriginal gay man who's a friend of mine in the early weeks of the survey, and said I was complaining. I was complaining because like this hurts. This is really affecting me. And he said, um, I don't want to. And he's gay and Aboriginal. I don't want to you know belittle what you're saying, mm. but imagine your whole life having people vote on you and talk about you like you're not in the room and about your validity as an equal citizen. Mm. And we only have had it for six or eight weeks. I can't even imagine what um, it's like for an Indigenous Australian and they've got and who's both gay as well and they've got years and years ahead of it 
still to go ahead. So it, when you cannot be yourself fully, there are mental health implications. Yeah. So do you think there's been an increase in LGBTIQ people accessing services or even um, contacting, you know, Lifeline and things like yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely there yeah. has been. And Switchboard, for example, mm. um, I, I think some of the figures are 15 to 30% increase over this period of time. Yeah. And if it's a no-vet next week, it'll, it'll go through the roof. Yeah, definitely. And we have to take care of each other. Mm. Mm. Um, I know this might be like a tough question um, to answer, but have you had any reports of homophobic incidents and have they increased significantly during their campaign? Uh, yeah, they've definitely increased. And you know, there have been reported incidents which don't seem to get as much weight as uh, the other side, um, but there have it's given license for homophobic people to air their views. Mm. So you can say, you can go on television and say, I think that marriage is between a man and a woman, and I think that kids should have a male and female as parents. And you're allowed to say that. You can say demeaning things, even if you dress it up nicely, um, because you've been given permission to say that. And in fact, they said that um, 16% of Australians think that LGBTI people should go to jail. So it's almost one in five think it's a criminal That's disgusting. Life. Yeah, yes. so, that's absolutely. So, and we've just given them the right to vote, and I can guarantee all of those 16% of people have returned their votes as no's. Mm, exactly. Yeah. And it's, that's, that's appalling to me. It's, it, it makes me wonder, gee, I know no one here, mm. but um, almost two in every ten think that way. It's disgusting to even think about, like, that someone could think, that way about another human being. And for the first time, I think we've gone backwards. Yeah. yeah. I think we've gone back, but, but I also think we've gone forwards too. So I don't think we've any of the strong no's have been affected in, negatively in any of this. Mm. But I do think that the soft yeses, none of them have become no's. And I have loved like driving down um, Ligon Street or even the walk to the tram from my house, there are three rainbow flags that were never there before. And they've not been damaged. They're just flying on their fences and I just think that's so beautiful and, so, and thank you. I want to actually go and knock on the front doors of those people's homes and say thank you so much because that visibility I don't think we've ever had before either. So I don't think mm-hmm. the fact that we're now front and centre and have been for a, a sustained period of time and we're going to be for a bit for a bit longer because the government will not resolve it next Wednesday um, has forced people to deal with the fact that LGBTIQ people exist. We're here. We're part of every community. We're, we're part of humanity, an equal part of humanity, and um, we're not going away. So matter how, no matter how much they try to exhaust us, because they are, they're exhausting us, uh, this is, we're not going away. Yeah. So even if it's a no vote next week, we will get up the next day and we'll continue the fight. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I know we were saying before off air that a lot of the, um, the pro- not propaganda, but a lot of the advertisements and stuff have been really, really damaging. Do you think that, um, especially young people are really susceptible to like the toxic element of this um, survey. Absolutely. And I've had to, to fast forward the ads when we're watching telly with my son. Mm. Adrian and I, we have a son who's almost 12 because I don't want him to see those ads. Um, he's seen some of them though on big billboards, big vote no ads. Interestingly, the ads that they've put on television have all been uh, lies. Yeah. Like there's nothing. Yeah. First of all, there's nothing to do with marriage twisting, equality, twisting and it and they're completely. they're either misstatements or they're flat out lies, and they've yeah. been allowed to say that. You, if you said the same thing about women or Indigenous Australians or non-white Australians, you'd go to jail for hate speech. Yeah, but you can say whatever you like about LGBTIQ people and still get away with it. So that's that's where I feel like um, 
we've gone backwards. But I also feel that by pushing, but they've they've shown all their dirty laundry. That's all they could come up with. And if it's a yes vote next week, then they can never win this argument ever again, because yeah. there will never be an increase in the no vote. That will disappear over time and diminish into a small, small minority. And the yes vote is bigger than whatever it comes out as next week. It really is probably 10 to 15% bigger than whatever the result is because that, that whole survey was designed to maximise the no vote. Mm. Mm. Um, so the no campaign have attempted to conflate the plebiscite with numerous other issues. Um, just talking about this, do you believe that people have been persuaded to vote no because of these advertisements? Or uh, I don't think, uh, personally, I may be proven wrong. Okay, yeah. so let, let me just say that. But I don't think the soft, so there's a strong yes part of the population who are always going to vote yes, and there's a smaller strong no part of the population who are always going to vote no. Um, the soft no's have probably haven't moved, but the soft yeses also have not become no's. I don't think they've convinced anyone they may have some, but I don't think they've convinced many to change their views because of the rubbish they put out there. Though I do know, like a, a Christian friend of mine who's a mother of um, four or five kids, and she has been a friend of mine for, for what twenty-two years. She messaged me after she'd voted, worried that um, is all this stuff about safe schools true? And I'm like, no, that's what you're reading is rubbish. It's lies. The actual program is a fantastic program, and it's got nothing to do with what you've heard. And she, that messaging was getting through to her. Um, and only because she has a relationship with my family did she um, not change her vote. Mm. So, I don't, so it's, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to break it down by state, by mm. age. Um, and if it doesn't reflect what the polling has said, that's going to be very interesting. But there's almost 80% return. That's a high return rate. Mm. It's bigger than Brexit. That's bigger than um, the Irish vote. Um, I really don't – processing it's going to take us a while. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely when they've been trying to bring in other stuff into advertising that doesn't even apply, like the stuff about um, allowing boys to wear dresses to school and things like that, like all the transphobic sentiments that they're putting into advertising, it's undermining the support really. And it's rubbish. What, what, yeah. I mean, seriously, first of all, if someone doesn't want to wear a dress, girl or boy, they shouldn't have to wear one because sometimes dresses are not the best item to wear. No. Likewise, if someone wants to wear a dress, good on them. And if you've got great legs, even better. It's fantastic. <laughs> if, you, if you love a dress, wear a dress, whatever your gender is. Yeah. Um, and how that affects anyone or bothers anyone, I don't know. If you want to look fabulous, fantastic. If you want to look boring in pants, fantastic as well. The whole bathroom thing is rubbish. Yeah. Uh, toilets at home are gender neutral. Um, and you know what? And I, I was in Sweden this year and all the bathrooms there, public ones, are gender neutral. So you have a shared wash area and then you have floor-to-ceiling locked doors for the cubicles and everyone does their business and comes out and talks to each other. It's really quite pleasant. Though the only thing that's disappointing is I had to stand up and wait in line to go to the toilet for the first time in ages, <laughs> which you girls have to deal with all the time yeah. and it's rubbish, right? So I understand it at a sports venue or a concert venue, maybe we have separate urinals. But then all the rest should be cubicles and gender-neutral toilets. So yeah. it's a separate urinals for those who want to go urinals so they can get people move in and out faster. But um, it's rubbish. And the idea that someone would dress up as a woman to you know, get into a female toilet and rape somebody is rubbish. It's never happened. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous in every way. Yeah. But that you know, it's, we, we must stand with our trans um, friends and, and stand up for them because it's it's our job to do that. And their mental health issues are even worse. Even bisexual people have worse health issues than 
than than gay and lesbian people because um, they're invisible. Mm-hmm. And we've just we've got to start taking care of each other and get over this whole idea that however you express yourself and identify yourself, gender or sexuality, that's fantastic. Good on you. Yeah. And, and and it does not affect or hurt or harm anybody. Mm-hmm. I have noticed that a lot of um, bars and like pubs around the Brunswick area do have gender neutral toilets. It's been and a shift, hasn't it? It's really good. I went out um, last Saturday and it was just like all gender neutral and no one had a problem with it. Everyone came in and was like, oh, hey, like had a chat. And you talk. That's yeah. right. There's- there was no like, oh, you're a guy. Like, I'm a girl. Like, we're not allowed to be in the same bathroom. Like, with all due respect, and- toilets are not really sexual places. <laughs> Definitely not. And- I don't know about you, but they smell, they're not pleasant. No. Usually you've got business to do, you go do your business and you move on. Um, and the idea that, you know, but that's the thing. There's this thing about, they and they've tried to do it in this postal survey to infer there's something dirty or wrong with um, LGBTI sexuality, that if it's not male, female, heteronormative, mm. there's something wrong or less about it, mm. which is another lie. It's rubbish. Yeah. Um, and, and in fact, at the end of the day, sex is all a bit weird anyway. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's consensual and there's no power imbalances or illegalities in regards to children and adults and stuff, um, people um, can do whatever they wish. Yeah. It's their business. It's another human being. That's right. And it's, as long as it's, it's their business. They can do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and really, there. it's all a bit bizarre anyway. And yeah. what turns everybody on. And, and we need to, um, you know, they've the dog whistled the whole, around the whole sex thing. And, and that's also, I think, being proven to be a bit of a lie. Mm. Mm. Um, so the dominant slogan of the no campaign has been, it's okay to vote no. Um, do you feel like regardless of the result, the plebiscite could have a lasting effect on certain people this has been a terrible um process there is nothing apart from the increased visibility and the conversation and if we win it that's a real positive but actually it should never have happened yeah there will be long-term effects there will be some probably some post-traumatic stress disorder there'll be some internalized homophobia out of this there'll be uh, this is if it's a yes vote if it's a no vote i don't even know what's going to happen um this has been a damning, terrible thing that this government will never be forgiven for. I will never forgive this government for what they have done and I will never vote for them ever again and I will dance uh-huh. on the grave of this one when they're thrown out. Yeah. And I'm not anti-liberal, I, but I, this government has been disgusting and um, I look forward to the day that we wave them goodbye. Mm, the fact that they even put you in this place. It's disgusting and appalling and it's not and, even me I'm worried yeah. about. It's the, my friends and family and other community leaders and our children yeah. that... You know, have had to deal with things that should never have had to deal with. These conversations should not be happening. They shouldn't. Yeah, instead like of can't, I can't yeah. sit here and talk about how women are second-class citizens or yeah. Aboriginal people should go to prison, or they should, you know, they're monkeys or something. I can't. I'm not going to. This is this is the sort of same disgusting things that have been said in the past. Yeah, that should never be said, mm. and are wrong and um, reprehensible. Shouldn't voice give no. a voice to and people. Says, and obviously, there's, there's minorities in our communities that. Um, hold these opinions, mm. who are racist and sexist and homophobic, and we give them a chance to air their stupid views. And, and I look forward to the day when that can't happen anymore. Yeah, especially the young people that are going to grow up and be able to vote in five, ten years' time. Um, there's a big amount of support for gay marriage in those people. But do you think that homophobia has a place in the future of Australian politics? Oh, look, so... Do we still have sexism in Australia? Yes. Mm. And you've only been able to vote for less than 100 years. Yeah. So do we still um, have racism and, and problems with Indigenous Australians? Absolutely. We can't even give them a, a treaty. 
they were only voted allowed to vote from 1970 when the I was born, and I think they were still classed as flora and fauna not long before that, which is disgusting. Yeah. So, and they're still not, even though some things have changed. So, the, so even though these laws will change at some point soon, the residual effects are going to take a long time. We're not going to get where we need. There's always going to be some bigoted, racist, homophobic, and sexist people. Sadly, that's humanity. But we have to keep working towards it, and we have to keep um, hoping that we change. But that requires us still young people. Just because they're young doesn't mean they they um, hold certain opinions. But they haven't grown up in a homophobic environment as previous generations have, or or an invisible environment where we were never talked about. So hopefully, that in the future changes. But I will be distressed if it's a no vote on. Wednesday next week it will be because young people didn't bother to send back their their votes mm. and so I, I if you're young you need to participate in the um, the voting process whatever it is you need to exercise your right democratic right to vote if you don't mm. you you're checking out and you're not allowing any changes to happen mm. um so just regardless of the result you will um, find that a significant amount of people have voted yes. Um, even walking down Swiss Street, like everywhere, every single cafe, it's yes, vote yes. I just think that's an amazing thing. You just got to think of all the positives. Absolutely. No, all I, the people not, that do like. I'm just trying to live in reality because I want to. I, I think it's going to be a yes on Wednesday, but I'm not sure. Exactly. And if it's a no, I just need to be prepared that it could possibly still be a no. Um, so, just on a lighter note, could you just tell us a little bit about the Better Together conference? Um, that's happening in 2018. So in January 12 and 13 at Melbourne Town Hall, we're holding um, the Better Together Conference. You can go to the equalityproject.org.au and find out more about it. But basically it's two days, bringing everyone together. We'll have somewhere between three and 500 people come. We have wonderful people like Benjamin Law and Dr. Karen Phelps coming. Um, young, old, LGBTIQ, straight people, deaf people, people with disability, Indigenous Australians are all involved. And we're going to talk about what it is, who we are, where we're going, what's next. And we're going to try and inspire each other and actually have a chance to you know, gather together after this terrible process and say, hey, can we collaborate going forward? And so there's a wonderful opportunity. We've got a youth price of 49 bucks. We have scholarships. If anyone out there wants to come, just go to the website at qualityproject.org.au, register there, come along. And we've also got a training academy. We're going to have a day of media training, the GLAD in the US. So we've got these three human rights organizations that are coming, GLAD, from the US Human Rights Campaign from the US and Stonewall from the UK. Plus, um, I can't remember their name, but there's a Philippine human rights organization coming as well. Um, and we, you know, we're going to try and see, you know, learn from each other and build some stronger relationships, hear each other's stories, inspire each other, connect, and then see, you know, and the conference is called Better Together because at the end of the day, I think we are all better together. Straight, gay, trans, indigenous, we're all very important. Yeah. So um, just to finish up, where can LGBTIQ Australians go for help if they're struggling with their mental health? I suggest they go to um, the switchboard, the LGBTI switchboard. They're the best people. Speak with them and they'll put you in touch with the relevant person that you need to speak to after that. And if you have any issues or you need to talk to someone, just call them. They're available now. They're there and they're fantastic. Yeah. So the switchboard number is one eight hundred one eight four five two seven. Um, and there are plenty of resources online, especially in regards, I'm sure in the next couple of weeks, regardless of the vote, there'll be more resources available out there um, for everyone to access. I think that'll be really important. Yeah, and we've, we, I think we've done a pretty good job of taking care of each other. Mm. I mean, hopefully the worst is behind us, but you just don't know. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all up in the air. Um, but thank you so much, Jason, for talking to us today. It's been a pleasure. Um, all of your knowledge and everything for our listeners, I'm sure, will be really, really interesting. Now, real pleasure to speak to you both. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. Um, so you can find more podcasts of Brainwaves at our website, brainwaves.org.au, and on the 3CR website, that's 3cr.org.au. We'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for a new episode. Stay tuned for Renegade Economists. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.